Yesterday, uh, Friday, Rita and I drove down to Tulsa to uh, spend a, well, about 24 hours with our son and his family and came back last night. On our way back last night, we stopped in Garnett, Kansas. I, I, I don't know if you've ever been to Garnett, Kansas. Not a whole lot there, but there is one important business in Garnett, Kansas. There's a Dairy Queen. And so we always stop in Garnett, Kansas at the Dairy Queen. And uh, a couple reasons. Number one, it's a Dairy Queen. Why wouldn't you stop uh, on a drive at a Dairy Queen? But but the real reason, uh, at least for me, I don't know if it is for Rita, but the, well, Rita loves ice cream, so definitely she would stop at a Dairy Queen. But the real reason we stopped there is uh, to remember. Because I literally remember the first time I stopped at that Dairy Queen uh, in Garnett, Kansas. We were we were driving from Joplin back to Grantville, Kansas. I was going to meet, um, actually I'd met her one other time, but but meet as Rita's boyfriend, her parents, really, for the first time. And, and uh, we drive on the way from Joplin to uh, Grantville, Kansas. You drive through Garnett, Garnett, Kansas. And, and so we stopped and, and got something there. Rita got a, uh, a butter pecan shake. That's what she got there for years, um, every time. And got a butter pecan shake, and we traveled on to uh, Grantville. And just, I don't know, it was about uh, seven, eight miles outside of Grantville, somewhere between Lawrence and Grantville on uh, Highway 24, I went around a corner, looked in my rearview mirror, and there were some lights flashing in the in the background. And a uh, I don't remember now if it was state police or or county uh, county police pulled me over and gave me a ticket. Uh, Rita couldn't wait to tell her mom that uh, I'd got a ticket on the way there. Uh, but you know what I remember most about that is when the weekend was over. Rita handed me a. Uh, I don't remember if it was cash or a check, but handed me some money that her mom gave her to give me to cover that ticket. Um, none, none of you, uh, well, Lisa and Kelly, our friends here, uh, Madison got to, to meet Virginia, my mother-in-law, but she was a sweetheart. That's just the kind of thing that she did. It, it wasn't her debt to pay. She wasn't speeding, although I think we were actually driving in her car, um, that old white car, it uh, wasn't her debt to pay. It was mine. I was the one that was guilty. I was the one that messed up. Uh, but that's just what her heart was. Her heart of love said, you know what, I'm going to pay that penalty for you. When we come to this time in our service where we we do what Jesus instructed us to do, uh, we'll talk about this more specifically in a, a few weeks from now uh, as we talk about the last week. But But Jesus gathered his followers together as they celebrated uh, the, the most important uh, festival or ceremony of the year. Uh, and as they were doing that, he gathered them together and uh, told them to remember. And what we really remember is that he wasn't guilty. He didn't mess up. He didn't owe the debt, but he paid it anyway. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Scripture there tells us this. In verse 23, I received from the Lord what I also pass on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me.
In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Would you bow with me? Father, we thank you for the the blessing of remembrance. It it, uh, gives joy to our heart when we remember things about our past, when we remember uh, fun events. Father, it also helps us remember important things. And, And today, at this time, as we remember what Jesus did on the cross, body broken, blood shed, we remember that he paid a penalty. He paid a fine. He paid a debt that wasn't his, but he paid it on our behalf because that's who he was and who he is. Father, we thank you for that blessing, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, for the first time in, seems like forever, children's church, children's church kids can head downstairs. I think Nick and Judy are going to meet you there. Boy, we're excited. All righty. Parents, hopefully you fed them sugar and they ate donuts when they got to church. And and Nick and Judy are ready for what's going to happen. Those of you, uh, those of you sitting kind of in the front pews, uh, I'm just gonna just gonna warn you right up front. You you probably should have rethought that. Uh, if you want to move, you can move uh, right now. In, in fact, out of respect for you, I'm gonna scoot back just a little bit when I do this, just in case. So now the rest of you, you might want to shield your eyes. You might want to. I was just kidding about moving. Really. <laughs> <laughs> You, you you might want to shield your eyes. You might want to put your hands over your ears because when this if this happens, it could be loud and it could be bright. And hopefully, you guys won't get sins by this. But I'm going to say something. I just feel like there's something I need to say this morning, and I'm not sure how God's going to respond to this. He might strike me with a bolt of lightning. So, are you ready? Now, now catch this. I I have to say this. Jesus did it wrong. Okay. I've got a couple more, though. They get worse. Jesus, Jesus, I don't want to mess up this sound equipment. Jesus messed up. Okay, we're still good. Jesus blew it. I guess we're okay. He may wait till we're outside because you guys weren't guilty. And uh, But he did. Jesus did it wrong. He messed up. He completely blew it. And and it's right there in the gospel record. It tells us about it. It tells us how he messed up. He, uh, I have no idea what he was thinking. Jesus, you, you had only a couple days left on earth. If things continued to follow the course they were, 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 were going to and, and, and were pre-described, he, he only had a few days left on earth. He only had a few days to make a difference. He only had a few days to change minds. And more importantly, he had only a few days to change the minds of the bullies that were after him. If you were here last week, and we apologize, those of you at home, hopefully we're, we're live this week. We had some technical difficulties last week. But we talked about last week there were bullies that were after Jesus and religious leaders. And, and, and he only had a few days to, to potentially change his fate because of those bullies. And, 
and he totally missed his opportunity. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21, uh, and we'll start with verse 12 here in, in, in a little bit. Matthew chapter 21. Uh, we, we're, we're starting, started last week, we'll go through Easter, talking through the last week of Jesus' life, looking at some of the events of the last days in that last week. And last week we talked about Sunday. Sunday, I pointed out last week that Sunday was like our Monday, their, their holy day, their Sabbath was Saturday. So Sunday was the first day of the week, and, and we talked about what happened on Sunday. Sunday was what we refer to oftentimes as the triumphal entry. Jesus uh, got a colt. Had a colt brought to him, possibly by Peter and Andrew. We don't know for sure, but two guys brought it to him. Jesus rode it into the the city of Jerusalem. They were throwing cloaks, uh, their coats on the ground. They were throwing uh, uh, leaves on the ground as Jesus went in. They were shouting and hollering, "Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord." And when all that was happening, he had the crowds on his side. He had momentum on his side. He had emotion on his side. He had change on his side. And then Monday came, and he poured it all down the drain. He blew it. If you have your Bibles, look there, Matthew 21. Uh, we'll start in verse 12. Jesus entered the temple courts. Now, this is Monday. We know Sunday he rode in. It says he looked. It was late in the day. He looked around and just didn't say anything, just walked out and left. So he comes back Monday. Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the, tab- overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you're making it a den of robbers. The blind and the lame came to him at the temple and he healed them. But when the chief priests and teachers of the law saw the wonderful things he did and the children shouting in the temple courts, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. Do you hear what these children are saying? They asked him. Jesus replied, yes, Jesus replied, have you never read from the lips of children and infants you, Lord, uh, have called forth your praise? And he left them and went to the city of Bethany where he spent the night. Now, now that's not what I would have done. The, the day after riding triumphantly into the city, I that's not what I would have done. I... I think I would have I would have procured that donkey again. I, I I would have either sent Peter and Andrew or or however it was. I would have got that and 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 I would have rode that back into the city. I would have I would have sent a couple more volunteers. I would say I need two more volunteers. Peter and Andrew probably would have had their. We're not volunteering again, but but two more volunteers. Go and and get the the, the religious leaders of the city and have them at the temple. I would have organized the crowd to say, Hey, meet us at the the, the entrance into the city, the gates of the city, we're going to do this one more time. And, and I would have marched triumphantly again. And as he got to the temple with the religious leaders there waiting, with, with the excitement, with the, with the shouts of Hosanna and blessed is he who comes in the name, I would have stepped off that donkey, walked up to the religious leaders and said, let's talk. Let's talk. Uh, but... He did something differently. See, that's not what he did. Jesus didn't leverage his popularity to serve his purpose. He he didn't take that popularity of the crowds cheering him and shouting his name and and, and treating him like it. He didn't leverage his popularity for his purpose. Instead, he did what he always did. 
a couple things, actually. He did the unexpected, and he also served. Let's, uh, let's look at those two things and, and, and see what we can learn from them. First of all, we see that Jesus does, to me, something unexpected. It's not what I would have done, which is probably why he did it, but it's not something I would have, but Jesus stands for justice. We see that that's the first thing that he does here. Now, you may not realize what he did or why he did it when he turned those tables over of the money changers and drove, uh, turned the benches of those selling doves. You, you may not know what he, what that was or why he did it, but the first thing that comes to my mind is this, is, is a problem. See, there's, there's this problem and, and I have a problem with the picture. I have a, I have a problem when I read this with the mental, the, the mental picture of seeing Jesus get, get furious and get mad and turn these tables over. Uh, when I was a kid, uh, and I bet there's some of you had, had this same one. When I was a kid, my home church, Woodlawn Christian Church, gave me this little white Bible. I don't, I don't remember when it was, but I remember this little white Bible that I had. It was a King James Bible, and it had my name embossed on the front of it, right there on the front. It said, I don't remember now if it said Tim or Timothy Champ, but I hope it said Tim. Tim Champ on there. And, and this little white King James Bible was, was kind of a children's Bible that had pictures in it. I mean, it had all the text, but it also, but the pictures weren't, weren't like some of them. They were full page color, full color pictures. And they had all types of pictures. But I remember in that King James Bible seeing a picture of this story. Now, now, in reality, it probably was, it probably was depicting the story that happened in John. Uh, see, Jesus cleared the temple two different times. Once at the start of his ministry, that's recorded for us in John chapter 2, and then again here in, uh, at the end of his ministry on, on Monday. The, the John chapter 2 story says that Jesus took some cords and he wound them into a whip and he did basically the same, same thing. But I remember seeing that picture in my little white King James Bible of Jesus with a, with a whip in his hand, a little short whip with some cords. And I remember him, that picture showed him turning tables over and it showed the money changers, the, the, the merchants there. They, they were kind of back like this with fear in their face. And the picture of Jesus, his face showed anger. And, and I remember thinking, that that doesn't look right. See, I didn't look like any of the other pictures of Jesus in my little white King James Bible. All the other pictures of Jesus showed him with, some of them actually had a halo. I really doubt that Jesus walked around the streets of Galilee with a halo, but, but some, of them showed a, a halo, some of them showed him with almost a little glow to his face, and, and it showed pictures like him holding a lamb, you know, when it illustrated the, the finding the lost lamb, 99, then he went and found There's a picture of him, and it was, oh, it's so pastoral. And there, there's another picture of him show, holding a, a child when, when Jesus said, let the little children come to me. And, and oh, his face was so peaceful. And, and that, that, that so contradicted the picture I was seeing of Jesus with, with that look on his face. See, that picture didn't, as a kid, didn't make sense to me. Kind of just like this story, at first glance, doesn't really make sense to us. But 
But we have to understand Jesus did have righteous anger. He did have righteous indignation when it came to evil. Now, now Jesus certainly was loving and, and compassionate. And those pictures of him holding a child or a lamb, that, we should see Jesus that way. There's nothing wrong with that. But, but the reality is Jesus hated evil. And, and we need to see that as well. We, we think of God, and we should think of God as love. You know, God is love, and for God so loved the world, He gave His only Son. We should think of Him that way. That, that should be a picture we have. But, but also, God hates evil and hates anything that separates us from Him. In Hebrews chapter 10, verses 26 and 27, it says there, If we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of truth, no sacrifice for sin is left but only fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. Now, that doesn't sound very fun, but, but God hates evil. Later on in, in verse 31 of that same chapter, it says it's a dreadful thing to fall in the hands of the living God. So, so I had a problem with the, the picture personally. Uh, but even if I had that problem, uh, Jesus had a problem with their presence. And, and quite honestly, Jesus doesn't really care much if I have a problem with that picture. Because he was moved by having a problem with their presence there. And, and, and for three reasons, and, and each, one, each one gets a little bit closer to the heart of what should, I think it's all of them, but, but each one is a little bit more powerful. First of all, th- there was a, a sanctity situation. There was a sanctity situation. So Jesus walked into the temple. He actually had seen it the day before. I think he had already planned what he was going to do on Monday after he saw the temple on, on Sunday. Uh, but, but he walked in and he saw the temple area that was to be an area of worship and an area of praise. Now, now, now it's not quite as strong as it is for us, but just, just the same way that we see the church as a, an important place, we see our building as holy and honorable and in a place of worship, and we respect it that way. Uh, for, for the Jew, particularly under the Old Covenant, the temple was, that's where God was. That's where they went to find God. Now, under the New Covenant, God lives in our hearts, so it's a whole different deal. But, but for them, the temple was where God was. And, and so part of it was a sanctity situation. Jesus walked into the temple, and instead of being a place of worship, they were selling stuff. Let me illustrate. In uh, uh, in 1979, uh, right after my or spring break of my junior year in college, uh, I joined about I think it was about 25 uh, other college students and and five professors, and we drove to Connecticut from Joplin, Missouri. Uh, we split spread out over the state and went to five different churches, and our professors led revivals while the college students did led children's stuff and. And sang. I didn't sing, but although did y'all hear me singing at the one song? Uh, I I didn't realize that. You are welcome. Uh, but uh, uh, but but we led these revivals on Thursday of that week. Our our team got together and we all went to New York City, and we went to uh, 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 we went to the World Trade Center and we went out to uh, um, the Statue of Liberty. And one of the other things we did is we went into St. Patrick's Cathedral. That's the first time I'd ever been in a in a cathedral, in, in a church that big, that ornate, that exciting. And I remember when we walked in, a couple things struck me. The first thing that struck me were the candles. 
I'm like, man, I couldn't play with fire in my church, but but there were can- lit candles all over the back of the church, row after row, bank after bank of all these candles. And and I guess, I'm not Catholic, but I guess you could go in and light a candle and do, that means something. But, uh, but all these candles, I was like, wow, that's impressive. The other thing I remember is I looked off to the right. Now, this is in the sanctuary. This is in the worship area. I looked off the right, and there was a, there, there was a, uh, a little gift shop in the back of the church. Uh, after looking at the candles, I went to the gift shop. And you could, you could buy a candle with a, you know, I guess it was blessed. It had a stamp from the, uh, uh, from the Vatican on there. You could buy holy water. Now, before Evian, you know, this water was even more, more expensive than that. You, you could buy holy water. You, you could buy a keychain with St. Patrick's Cathedral. You could, you could buy pictures of the Pope. I don't remember which one it was at the time. But, and, and I couldn't help but thinking, well, that's weird. And I couldn't help but thinking of these verses and what Jesus would do. So you know what I did? I went in there, and I started turning tables over and said, this is, no, no, I didn't do that. <laughs> I wonder if someone has at one time or not, but I didn't do that. So part of it was a sanctity situation. The, the temple was to be a place of worship, and they made it into a marketplace. The, the, the second thing that ticked Jesus off was a space situation. See, these, these uh, money changers and these uh, ones selling the doves and, and, uh, and pigeons as well, uh, and possibly other animals, they were set up in the court of the the Gentiles, so so the Gentiles had part of the part of the temple that they could go to. They weren't allowed to go in the the, the main part of the temple because they they weren't Jews. But the but there was an outer court, an area that was reserved for them where they could go worship. And now they were being crowded out of their area of worship. Uh, they were being their space was being crowded by the businesses. Isaiah chapter 56, verses 6 and 7 says this, God speaking about Gentiles and foreigners who bind themselves to the Lord to serve him, to love the name of the Lord and worship him, all who keep the Sabbath without desecrating it and who hold fast to my covenant, these I will bring to my holy mountain and give them joy in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. They, they had taken this space that was set, af- set aside for the Gentiles and corrupted it. See, some of these Gentiles had traveled, just like the Jews had traveled for days. Some of them possibly had traveled for weeks to be in Jerusalem at this, this holy time. Uh, and, and the space that had been set aside for them had turned into a circus of activity and a circus of noise that pushed them even further away from God and even further away from being accepted in his worship. Now imagine this. Uh, we won't do this, but imagine if this is what you found on a Sunday morning. You, you arrived here at church, and at the back of the door, there were a couple of burly, burly rough-looking guys uh, back there. So, so Tim Sneed is back there, and Jason is back there, and and they're both standing there kind of looking, and each person that walks in, now if they recognize you, you know, know who you are, then they just welcome you in. But if they don't know who you are, th- this is the question they ask. Were you born in Donovan County? Now, I don't, very few of us, of you guys were born in Donovan County, but you, you were here 
born in St. Joe, most of you are Atchison, but, but you're from Donovan County. That's what they're going to ask. Are you from Donovan County? And if you said yes, then they're going to like, welcome, come on in. And they would point you to the front of the church. Now, now what would happen then is we would be flipped. Those comfy chairs in the back that you guys enjoy, stay awake back there, those would be up here in the front, these pews, and we'd pull those, those uh, cushions out of them. We'd put those in the back. And they would say, welcome to the front of the church. So you could come up here and you could sit. And up here you get to see the worship band. You're right there with them. You, you get to see and hear everything. But if when you walked in the back of the church, if they said, are you from Donovan County? And, and, and someone like me would say, no, I was born in Illinois. They're like, well, welcome. But you have to sit over here. Now let me point back to you. You're, you're, see this roped-in area in the back? That's where you sit. Now, now that's not bad because from back there you can still hear the worship band. It's not as good as sitting right here where I can hear every, every note that Bobby plays. I, that's the best seat in the house right there. But, but you, in the back you can still hear the music. You can still be a part of the service, everything. But, but now imagine this, that we set up a concession stand back in those, that, that back section. And, and we're selling hot dogs and nachos and pop and, and, uh, uh, and, and, and coffee. And we're, which might not be a bad fundraiser idea to do that some Sunday, but, but, but people from up here are going back there like, yeah, give me two hot dogs and I'll have some popcorn. So that popcorn popper is popping and all the noise. And see, that's what was, that what was what was going on. The, the Gentiles were there to worship, but their space had been converted into a open-air market. And I think Jesus was upset. So uh, he was upset because of the sanctity. They, they, had, they had corrupted what the temple was meant for. He, he was upset because they were pushing these Gentiles who, who were still seeking God, and Jesus wanted them to have their place. But that, I don't think that's the real reason that, that, that got Jesus ire up. I think what really uh, upset him was a sword situation, a sword situation. He was, he was upset that these money changers were selling, uh, that the, these money changers and those selling birds were taking advantage. And, and who were they taking advantage of? They were taking advantage of the poor. Not, not just the Gentile, but even the Jew. They were taking advantage of them. See, See, a, a worshiper, when they came to Jerusalem, and most of them came from out of town, and they would come with their own currency, their own money. And, but once they got to the temple, they would have to convert their, their money into a temple coins. And, and uh, it's like if you went to an arcade and you can't use quarters, you have to use those uh, uh, the arcade uh, tokens. You know, you end up a couple left over, and you're like, well, these, I can't spend them anywhere. You had to change your money into temple coins and... And what was happening was they would take advantage of people. These travelers had no idea what, what the exchange rate was, what was the value was, and, and so they were taking advantage of them. When, when we're in Mexico, I, I get a kick out of this. Uh, uh, I laugh because I've been there before my, myself many times, but, but I, I love to watch one of our people when we go into one of the convenience stores and they, they go in the back of uh, Del Rio and they get a pop and they maybe get a candy bar or a bag of chips and they go up and they set it on the counter and the the cast, the, the lady behind the counter reps, uh, ring, rings it up and then, then says how much it is. Well, since you, if you don't speak Spanish, you have no idea what they said. And, and, and this, is what, this is what most people do. They'll, they'll take some money out of their, their wallet and they'll, they'll just kind of like 
You know, you, you take how much. That, Craig, have you ever done that? You're like, I have no idea. You take what you need. Or, or you pull some paper. You're like, it's good. I've got a bunch of paste. But you have no idea what that means. And you just hand it and let them. I've, I've done that many times. Just let them pick what they want to pick. Now, most of them are honest. Most of them don't take advantage of us. But, but I can tell you stories where I know they have taken. That's what was going on. They were coming in and like, I need a temple tax coin. And they were taking advantage of them. Uh, they were also, as they were selling the doves and the pigeons, they were they were gouging the people as well. Uh, over in Leviticus chapter five, Leviticus fa- tap, chapter five kind of tells us what uh, what this is all about. Uh, in verse five, it says, "When anyone becomes aware that they are guilty uh, in any of these matters, they must confess in what way they have sinned. As a penalty for the sin they committed, they must bring." to the Lord a female lamb or a goat from the flock as a sin offering, and the priest shall make atonement for them and for their sin. But verse 7 says, But anyone who cannot afford a lamb is to bring two doves or two young pigeons to the Lord as a penalty for their sin, one for the sin offering and the other for the burnt offering. I think what really upset Jesus was that these poor people, see, the, the, the doves and the pigeons, they were for the poor, poor, poor people. And what upset him was they were being taken advantage of in the very temple that they'd come to worship. So, so that's really why when he walked into the temple, his blood pressure went up, his face got red, and he, he got upset and started turning tables over. See, that's the problem, but but here's the purpose. Here's why he did it. See, Jesus was doing what he had always done. He was standing, he was standing for God, uh, who God had always stood for. He was doing what he calls us to do, and he was standing, he was standing for justice. When he turned those tables over, Jesus wasn't making things better, wasn't making things better for the masses. He was making things better for the poor. Deuteronomy 15:11 says, There will always be poor people in the land. Therefore, I command you to be open-handed towards your brothers and toward the poor and needy in your land. Psalm 72, 12 to 14, for he will deliver the needy who cry out, the afflicted who have no one to help. He will take pity on the weak, the needy, and save the needy from death. He will rescue them from oppression and violence, for precious is their blood in his sight. Proverbs nineteen seventeen: he who is kind to the poor lends to the Lord. And he will reward him for what he has done. Matthew twenty five forty. The king will reply, "I tell you the truth. Whoever did this for the least of these brothers of mine, you did it for me." Jesus. Jesus saw the poor. And he stood for justice. Last Memorial Day, Reed and I went to Topeka. Uh, we we do that every Memorial Day weekend, one of the days, and we. We went to a cemetery in, uh, north of Grantville and put uh, decorations on her parents' grave. And then we went to uh, South Topeka around Barrington and put, uh, put decoration on her brother's grave. And, uh, and then we went to eat. And on our way back uh, out of town, we went into North Topeka. I, I wanted to try to – someone had told me about some business, and I, I, I wanted to go by and just take a picture of it to show them if that was still there. And so – so we came across the, I believe it was the Kansas Boulevard Bridge, and, and we turned into North Topeka. And 
when we got off the exit and started down the road, Rita's telling me, well, I don't think we're, we're where you want to be, but we're driving along, and when we drive right past a, I would assume it was a uh, homeless shelter slash food kitchen type situation, a large building, and, and there, it was about 1 or 2 o'clock in the afternoon, I think, and there were, there were a bunch of people that looked like they had just were, were coming out of the building, leaving, and uh, milling around the street, and and I'll be honest, I started to get nervous. I think I said something to Rita like, boy, this is not a very good part of town. And uh, uh, we, we went about two more blocks, and we kind of cleared that area of town. And I don't know if I made a, an audible sigh, but, but, but I know my spirit did kind of like, whew, we're, we're out of that part of town now. Um, it was a few days later when the enormity of my thoughts and my responses hit me. The, the, the Spirit spoke to me, and I don't remember now if it was through a verse or, or, or through prayer or what it was, but somehow it hit me all of a sudden that, you know, that area, that place, those people, they were Jesus type of people. That's where Jesus would have been. That's where Jesus would have been most comfortable. I, I, I was uncomfortable. Get me out of here. This looks bad. I'm, I'm scared. And, and yet Jesus would have been, that's, that's who I want to be with. See, no one cared about the poor who were getting ripped off in the temple, but Jesus did. So he stood for justice, uh, but he also stood for mercy. I, I mentioned last week that all four gospel writers included the story of the triumph, triumphal entry. Uh, one of the possible reasons I pointed out was the contrast. Uh, God's Word likes to point out contrast, and we see another contrast here again on Monday. Now, now I wouldn't have done what Jesus had done. I wouldn't have gone in blazing and turning tables over. I would have, I would have tried to use my popularity and parlay that into something else, um, but, but, but not, not Jesus. So I wouldn't have done it that way. Uh, instead, he created a, a scene. And, and why? See, the real re- reason, he wanted to get rid of the money changers, the guys selling does, but, but that wasn't the one he was, the people he was really upset with. The ones he was really upset with were the religious leaders. See, it was the religious leaders that were allowing them to do that. So, so instead of trying to pacify these leaders or promote himself into, to these leaders or, or maybe even try to provide a way to coexist, Jesus attacked them. I wouldn't have done it that way. I, but, but since he did, I would have thought the next thing Jesus would have done. So he turns the tables over. So I wouldn't have gone that way, Jesus, but you did. But once he did, had done that, if I was Jesus, I would, have, I would have pressed the attack. I would have pointed out the, the hypocrisy of the religious leaders. I would have provoked the crowd against those same leaders. But that's not what Jesus did. Right after getting upset, turning the tables over, instead of just keeping on, keeping on. What, what did it say he did? Got your Bible still open there. Verse 14. The blind and the lame came to him at the temple and he healed them. He, he, didn't, he didn't keep pressing. He didn't keep saying, these guys, these religious leaders have messed up. Let's stand with me. No, he, he stood for mercy. He immediately went back into servant mode and had mercy for the hurting. Now, now hear this. This could be three or four sermons. I'm not going to do that. But 
There are times when we need to have righteous anger and turn over tables. There's times when we need to stand for justice. There are times when we need to risk our popularity and we need to risk our acceptance and we need to risk having people upset with us and calling us all types of names in the church and as, as believers, as Christians. There are times there are times when we need to risk that. See, there are times when we need to have righteous anger and turn tables over and stand for justice. But we need to always balance that with standing for mercy. We need to balance that with standing. Right after, right after standing for justice, Jesus saw needs. So, so finally, this is the last thing. We, we must stand with him. Jesus stood for justice. We need to do that. Jesus stood with mercy, and certainly we need to do that. But it doesn't mean a whole lot if we don't stand with him. Are you willing? Are you willing to stand? Are you willing to stand for justice? Are you willing to stand for mercy? Uh, at the end of the week, I received a call from a school nurse in one of our area school districts. Uh, she actually had called us uh, and been by the office a few times in the last couple weeks, but she called and, and just scheduled a meeting for next week. She said, I'll call and if, if I can come. But basically what she wanted to do, she said, I've got a family that has needs. I've got a, I've got a family that needs some, some help. Can, can I come by Caden's Closet and, and shop for them? She's done that two or three times in the last, last month. And, um, and she ended her conversation, she ended our conversation by saying this, man, I appreciate what you guys are doing. It's amazing. Thank you for helping out families. Thank you for helping me help families. See, Caden's Closet, that ministry is turning over tables. Uh, February 22nd, I dropped off our meal at Haven House. Uh, we weren't able to serve it. Uh, yet next month we will be able to go back in and serve the guys, but but I dropped all the meal that that we had prepared and been donated and and dropped it off in the kitchen. Was getting ready to leave, and one of the guys that we see there all the time, he lives next door in the Judah house, a, a big burly black guy named Keithan. I, I love Keithan. Keithan loves meat. I tell you what, he he'll get some of the other stuff, but it's like pile the meat on. And when we have leftovers, I always fix him a bag of extra meat and whatever we have, and say, so here you go, Keith. And Keithan loves German chocolate cake. So you ladies that bring German chocolate cake, this guy is the one that loves those cakes. I've, I've sent him, him home uh, several times with three or four pieces of that German chocolate cake. And, and uh, I, 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 he said, we talked for a second. I said, well, I'm just dropping it off. Uh, and, and he said, man, thank you guys for coming. Thank you for providing meals for us. We we really appreciate that. See, our Haven House ministry turning over tables. I spoke, spoke a few days ago with Pastor Ezekiel in, in, in uh, Anapra. And I told him that it looked like, kind of announced to some of our, our uh, missing people, looks like that we're going to be able to build for a lady that we want to build a house for, that, that our group in December met. And, uh, and so we were talking about that, and, and he said, thank you. Thank you. You guys are going to be such a blessing to her family. See, our 
mission team, when we build houses, is turning over tables. So when you see someone hurting, when you see someone in need, when you see someone suffering injustice, and you act, whether it's through the church or as an individual, whether it's something big or something small, you turn over tables just like Jesus. Would you bow with me? Father, we thank you this morning that Jesus is full of contrast, that Jesus' ministry and life is full of of twists and turns, of doing things we would never think he would have done, but all of them have purpose and meaning, and we're, we're, we're done with forethought. Father, Jesus saw injustice in the temple. And, and he did something about it. Probably not what I would have done. Probably not what most of us would have done, but he didn't care. People were being taken advantage of, and he stood up for their rights. And then he saw hurt people and took advantage or took care of them. Father, we, we thank you for the example Jesus gave. Lord, you, you placed before us over and over again opportunities to, to be like Jesus, to stand like him. Father, give us the courage Give us the motivation to do that as we serve him in Jesus' name. Amen.